everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm Paola. And I'm Danielle. And today we are talking about the final installment of the Fear Street series on Netflix, which is Fear Street 1666. Um, and it is a 2021 American supernatural horror film directed by Lee Janik, um, who co-wrote the screenplay with Phil Grazidi and Kate Treffy based on the book series of the same name by Arl Stein, and it is the final installment of the Fear Street trilogy. So today, that's what we'll be talking about on this episode, but first, a friendly reminder. This uh, episode, and all of our episodes ever, I mean, are, really, but... Yeah, I mean, unless it's a trailer, but they, the spoilers. You, We are going to give you spoilers. If you don't want them, go to another door to... Ask for spoiler-free candy. <laughs> yeah, so spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it, then you might want to watch it first. But if you don't care about spoilers, then you can keep watching or listening. So here is the Wikipedia plot synopsis. After uniting the severed hand of Sarah Fear with the rest of her corpse, Dina has a vision showing the events of 1666 from the perspective of Sarah Fear herself. She lives with her father, George, and brother, Henry, in Union, the original settlement before it was divided into Sunnyvale and Shadyside. The community also includes Pastor Cyrus Miller, his daughter, Hannah, Abigail, and her sister, Constance, Matt Thomas, Caleb, Sarah's friends, Lizzie and Isaac, Solomon Good, and Solomon's brother, Elijah. One night, Sarah, Lizzie, and Hannah meet a reclusive widow to gather potent berries for a party where Sarah stumbles on a book of black magic. After fleeing, the group arrive at the party where Sarah and Hannah are harassed by Caleb as they reject his advances. The two run off and get intimate, unknowingly seen by Mad Thomas. The next day, Pastor Miller begins to act strange as the town's food and water supply is destroyed. Sarah confides in Solomon and wonders if she is responsible for the town's bad luck. The two discover Pastor Miller has murdered a dozen children in the chapel, including Henry and Constance. Sarah is nearly murdered by Pastor Miller before he is killed by Solomon. That night, a town meeting is held at which the townspeople decide that witchcraft is the cause of the event, and Caleb claims that Sarah and Hannah are the witches responsible. The two attempt to flee, but Hannah is captured while Sarah escapes as the town declares that Hannah will be executed at dawn. Sarah sneaks into the chapel where Hannah is confined and the two profess their love. Sarah decides to retrieve the widow's book and use it to make a deal with the devil and save Hannah, but she finds the book gone and the widow murdered. She flees to Solomon's house for help and hides in the back room after he is ambushed by men hunting Sarah. While hiding, she finds tunnels under his house, discovering a ritual as well as the widow's book. Solomon reveals he took the book to make a deal with the devil offering Pastor Miller to be possessed to kill others in exchange for power and wealth. He offers to share it with her, but Sarah rejects his offer and flees into the tunnels. He catches her and the two fight with her hand cut off in the ensuing struggle. She escapes to the chapel, but is found by the townspeople and arrested. At Sarah and Hannah's execution, Sarah convinces the town to spare Hannah's life and swears vengeance to Solomon before she is hanged. Later, Lizzie, Isaac, Hannah, and Abigail grieve Sarah and properly bury her body. As Dina's vision ends, she realizes that the good family is responsible for the Shadyside curse as the firstborn of each generation repeat the ritual begun by their ancestor Solomon. 
She and Josh are found by Sheriff Nick Good, but the two manage to escape in Nick's car and arrive at Ziggy's house, where Ziggy is still watching a possessed Sam. The trio deduce they must kill Nick in order to stop the Shadyside curse. After they recruit the help of Martin, the mall janitor, the group concoct a plan to lure Nick to the mall and set traps to have the Shadyside murderers kill him. The group manage to temporarily trap the killers, and Ziggy lures Nick to the center of the mall, where she pours a bucket of Dina's blood over him, causing the killers to attack him. However, Nick manages to escape into the tunnels. Dina and a possessed Sam follow him, while the others fight off the killers. Sam attacks Dina, but she is able to break Sam out of her possession temporarily before incapacitating her. Nick pins Dina down and nearly kills her, but Dina is able to expose Nick to the pile of bleeding organs, which gives him a vision of all of his killer's victims. Dina kills him, causing the killers to disappear and the curse to be broken. Later, the Good family is exposed for their actions. Martin finds a career selling technology. Ziggy reunites with Mrs. Lane, and Dina and Sam have a picnic date at Seraphir's grave. In the mid-credits scene, an unknown person takes the widow's satanic book from the tunnels. Cliffhanger alert! So we finally finished the series. Um, do you have any first thoughts, initial thoughts, things that jumped out at you? Well, this movie was not as dark as the other two. That's true. Um, I think it still had dark moments, but it wasn't as dark. But I will say, like, obviously the dark thing is something that we've kind of been, like, harping on since the beginning. Yeah. As something that's pretty annoying, but at least they were consistent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed... The fact that it was, like, a recurring thing in all three movies makes me think that it was more purposeful than I initially thought. So it makes me, like, be a little bit more okay with it. Yeah. Um... By dark, we mean the the lighting of the yeah. movie. Like, we couldn't see things, scenes, because it was so dark. Right, right. Not, like, dark thematically. Obviously, yeah. it's dark thematically. But, like, literally very dark. Um, I think, I think I might have stumbled across partially. I mean, they probably could have, like, fixed some stuff in, like, post or something. But this, all of these films were filmed in 2019, and they were intended to be released theatrically in 2020. Mm -hmm. And they were going to release them one month apart from each other. Really? And it says that all three of the films were filmed in four months. Wow. Yeah. All three of them? Which I was like, what? I watched, like, some behind-the-scenes thing on, Mm -hmm. um, from that Netflix put out onto, onto, um, YouTube. Yeah. So then I was like... Wow. Yeah. That's a... Wow, that's not a lot of time. That's... That's even more impressive then. Yeah. That they were able to shoot all of that mm-hmm. and, like, put together a well-executed, you know, story in such a short amount of time. Yeah. They were... I think they were... Um, like I said, they were going to release it theatrically, uh, mm-hmm. but then the pandemic happened, so they, like decided to pull back from their deal with releasing it that way, and then they um, instead sold it over to Netflix. Wow. I'm surprised, too, that they were planning on releasing it, like, so close together. Yeah. Because usually those kinds of movies, like, come out, like, once a year. You know, like, one a year, I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, I guess that they were saying something about that they wanted it to... Actually, they might have been saying that about the about the way that Netflix released it, but I know that they did say originally that they wanted to release the movie one month at a time while it was in theaters, but yeah. maybe it might be the same sentiment that they said that with the way that they released it on Netflix is that they wanted it to all be in one summer so you can, like... Oh, I see. Like, uh, be able remember. to... Yeah, remember it and, like, view the whole story in, like, whole kind of in, like, one summer so it, yeah. like, lives in this one... That, I like that. Yeah. I feel like it's a good model. I don't think that it's anybody's really done that before for a theatrical release. So, mm-hmm. Especially because, like, a lot of what happens in the movie seems to be, like, centered around, maybe not summer, but, like, certainly the camp, but mm-hmm. it has that, like, you know, summer, like, kids off during summer feel, you know, mm-hmm. to it, which I think is really cool. Um, what else? So what did you think of their accents? Because I have thoughts. Um, some of them did a good job. Like, I feel like the Mad Thomas, he did a good job, I think. Um, but I think you... Yeah. She, uh, Paula mentioned during while we were watching the movie that she thought Dina's accent would come and go. Yeah, so I feel like I can't be too harsh on her, because especially now knowing that it was made in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But, like, her accent would definitely come and go. Sometimes it would sound, like, really good and, like, really, I guess, historically accurate or whatever they were going for. Um, and sometimes it would just sound like her talking in, like, the last movie. So it was just kind of funny to spot. It was, it was like, at first it took me out, and I was like, ugh, like, I kind of almost wish that they wouldn't have made them have accents, you know what I mean? Because she's the main character, and if anything, she should have the best accent of them all. She's carrying the story. Mm-hmm. But um, after a while, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm able to ignore this and kind of, like, focus on the other aspects of, of the movie. So it didn't bother me too much after, but in the beginning it kind of did. And that's also just in general, like, something that I notice when it comes to movies that have actors that, like, I know for a fact, like, this is an American actor and they're doing a British accent. I'm like, I'm trying to clock it. I'm like, mm, like, are they good? Are they not good? You know what I mean? So it's just, just get a British actor. Like, yeah, you know, you know what immediately comes to mind when you say that? What? Not to not to roast uh, him because I stand him so much, but Lin Manuel Miranda in the Mary Poppins okay was yeah oh. I think that's that's different though because I think from what I've heard and I could be wrong so don't quote me on this um, he was kind of paying homage to Dick Van Dyke who did like a very strong like Cockney accent in the original Mary Poppins. So I feel, I I heard, I read it somewhere that, not that he was like, he could have done a perfectly, you know, realistic British accent. I mean, he could have or he couldn't have, I don't really know. But apparently he like purposely kind of like amped it up and made it kind of cheesy in order to kind of pay homage to that. So. All right. Well, all right. But if you don't know that, you might be like, ooh, that's rough, you know? Yeah. But yeah, accents are like the one thing for me. I, I I notice it right away. If it's good, it's good and I and I'm in it and I like, you know, the character or the movie even more. But if it's an actor that I know, like and I know they're not, you know, British or like vice versa, if they're doing an American accent and they're British, like it's just 
it can be bad. It can it can um, but like borderline ruin a movie for me. But that's just me. I don't know. Just very quick thing. I noticed that somebody, um, I believe it was, and the synopsis said it was Hannah's one of Hannah's sisters. Her name was Abigail, and I was wondering at the beginning when they said her name if it was going to be like a nod to the Crucible, because in the Crucible, um, one of the characters named Abigail, Abigail Williams, and um, I'm, I'm curious to know if it was a nod. It must have been because like the Crucible is about witches and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't a witch or anything, or she wasn't like even really part of the main storyline. She was just kind of like a character, probably another excuse to bring back one of the other actors from the previous two previous uh, movies. But yeah, that I mean, I would assume that was maybe a nod to the Crucible. Yeah, um, I kept reading in like different people's reviews for the movie that they said like, Crucible meets this meets this, you mm -hmm. know, like, I don't know, I think one said like, Crucible meets the witch mm. um, meets it or something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Why, I don't know why they said, I guess they said it because of the weird like, clump of Organs. organs at the end, maybe. Yeah. Um, but um, it's funny that you bring up bring up the witch because I wrote down in my notes that it was it was giving me like a kitty version <laughs> of a witch. <laughs> I can see that. Also, I noticed there was somebody named Abby Berman, and I don't know who she was or what she was doing there, but that must be one of like Ziggy's um, ancestors or something. Oh, yeah. I think it was... Abby was Abigail. Oh! Yeah, Abigail and Constance are sisters. Oh, got it. Okay, I thought they were Hannah's sisters. Uh -huh. But no, okay, so... Oh, so they were like the Ziggy and uh, whatever her other name was. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. The... Ziggy and her sister. They were that... The past version of them. This movie didn't use a lot of the... Um music budget like we mentioned in the past too because like half of it was set in old times so they can't like be pulling out these yeah 80s and 90s music because it would yeah. not fit but they um, did do it at the end though i will say yeah something that i noticed was um that they kind of tied the story from you know like sam and dina's story about like being in love and like potentially uh sam being scared of coming out they tied it to, like, the past, which was, I thought was really neat because it kind of gave um, another reason as to why, like, Sarah Fear was connected to Dina and, like, connected to, like, her situation with Sam. I thought it was, like, a clever thing to kind of make it a full circle moment. Um, and it just made it make more sense. And I think in general, I will say, we'll get into the stuff that we liked, but... In general, I liked the fact that this movie really tied up like loose ends and had um, there were things from the other two movies that were maybe like floating in the air and didn't really mean much until this movie, mm -hmm. which I thought was was pretty cool. So what did you like about this movie? What did I like about this movie? Tell me. Well... I would say that I liked that good was evil. That was a very clever thing to do. It was a good twist. Mm -hmm. um, and 
in a way, it's kind of like, don't trust these, I mean, I guess I'll just say, don't trust these, like, white men in power that are, like, the cop, the mm-hmm. mayor, like, fuck yeah. those guys. They don't have the best interest. Right. Yeah, I think it was very, it was very purposeful and it was very obvious, like, there was, like, a very, like, anti-authority message at the end. Um, I also really liked the conclusion. I liked that it was him, that 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 was evil, like, and his family. And it wasn't just, like, that's the thing, too, that was cool. Like, it wasn't just him. It was, like, him and, like, his ancestors. And, like, it was bigger than him, you know? It was something that was kind of, like, bestowed onto him. And he kind of chose, like, he chose that to be, to continue to be evil. Yeah. And to, like kill people from shady side for his own benefit that's Mm -hmm. very like there's a metaphor there there's a big metaphor there um so i like that too i really liked it i also really like i don't know why it's so it gives me like teen movie like really strong teen movie like vibes to say like good is evil like i like how they wrote it on the wall at the mall i was like that that's very satisfying to me in a way that i can't really describe but it was just, like, it was very, like, I don't know. It was good. Yeah. And also having it be, um, like, a normal a normal person that was, like, the bad guy that they needed to get rid of mm-hmm. made it very, like, uh, in a way, to me, it felt kind of, like, Scooby-Doo-ish. Mm-hmm. Whereas, it did, Whereas, like, yeah. you know, once you take the the mask off of, you know, thinking that it's Sarah Fear that's doing all this bad stuff, and underneath it's actually just the good family, and specifically right. in this time period, it's um, Nick. Nick, so. Yeah, that's very true. That's very Scooby-Doo-like. Um, and it also just, like, I feel like it really makes everything make sense. I mean, I'm, I, I'm also, you know, to kind of contradict myself there, I'm curious to know... If you go back and watch the other two parts, if there's anything that good that Nick does that doesn't really match with his intentions later on, or with the reveal that he's the bad bad guy, mm-hmm. but it also in a way like just makes um, it makes a for a good like twist and a good ending. Mm-hmm. It was it is probably one of those things like where when Ziggy's telling the story and she never says that it's her like what is she talking in the third person the whole time you know like it's probably something like that but it doesn't make it any less satisfying I think Mm -hmm. I guess you don't know for sure who leaves uh Ziggy the note with her adult self they leave her a note at the end of number one a part one that says like it's happening again Mm -hmm. they like put it in her door and it's kind of framed as it being Nick leaving her the note. Yeah. Which, I don't know why he would bother giving her the note if he doesn't, if, I mean, he like doesn't if want anybody to know that he's... Yeah. Maybe because he did like her, and maybe that's why he kind of spared her. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, though. He maybe just wanted to give her a little heads up, but... But I don't know how much sense that makes with, like, him being the bad guy at the end, you know? Yeah. So uh, there's probably little things like that, too. Like, I don't remember any, and I didn't catch any, but 
um, if you know of any, if you have like watched this multiple times and you know the twist and you know the ending, um, are there any things, I'm curious to know, are there any things in the rest of the movies that don't really make sense with that? But, you know, even if there are, I think it's still like, it's still a satisfying enough ending for me. Especially, yeah. like you said, the aspect of it being like an actual person and not like a ghost or like a demon a demon or something like that, you know? It's like actually somebody who's like currently living in the town. And obviously like him and his ancestors and stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was neat. Kind of to go off of what you were saying about that twist being good, the fact that um, Nick was evil, I think him being evil also gave his relationship with Ziggy like a little bit more emotional weight. Because mm-hmm. I think I'd said in the previous uh, part that like I didn't really buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, like him being bad and kind of like them meeting again like it gave it a little bit more emotional like value and weight um so i thought that was also clever because before i didn't give a crap about whatever sort of relationship summer fling they could have had i I wasn't really into it or thought it was believable but i feel like you know kind of book ending that with the fact that he's bad and she might have like still held out some hope for him even though he kind of turned his back on her and said that he didn't believe her or something like that so maybe she still had hope and um and that kind of all you know came to a conclusion at the end Mm -hmm. when it was revealed that he was actually evil so I was like okay well you know I could see I could kind of see now why they spent some time in the last movie kind of developing that relationship Mm -hmm. or trying to yeah and it's like a uh, kind of a slap in the face to her knowing that it's his fault that her sister died. Yeah, exactly. You kind of touched on this, but I'll just like add to it more that um, this movie, because it was the third one of, of the trilogy, that um, it gave a lot of resolution and also there was like callbacks to the other movies. Mm-hmm. Like in the second part, um, they mentioned Carrie. Um, yeah. And then she's like, yeah, we're going to carry him or yeah, something. Yeah, that was like, pretty neat. Ooh, get in. <laughs> yeah. um, they explained the hand bone. The hand bone. Um, oh, that was gnarly, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was like, ee. It, it was, they did a good job with that. They did. Especially for it being, like, one of the only really gory scenes in this movie. Because it didn't go as hard with the gore, I don't think. Oh, yeah. No. But, um... But it was still like it was it was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. So I, I appreciated that. Also, the the janitor member. Oh yeah. Said in the beginning, like I think he's gonna come back because like he gave him their card or he gave him, he gave them his card. Mm-hmm. And turns out, yeah, he was gonna come back and help him out. I also I said something about that. I thought Nick was gonna do something i think what i had said was wrong that because they misled me that i thought he was going to help them or something yeah i think we talked at the end of the last uh episode about how we thought that um i mean we weren't wrong we thought that nick and ziggy were going to reconnect which they did for like five seconds (laughs) for five seconds and uh not in the best you know situation because he was evil but yeah, I think we had predicted that maybe he was going to help him out, but we should have known. We should have known. 
I think we also kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I do like kind of the symbolism of or behind the curse and how it helped like the goods and Sunnyvale like become better and thrive at the expense of Shadyside. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, like I said before, there's a there's a metaphor there to real life and how people in power kind of take advantage of their power and use it to their own benefit at the expense of other people. Um, and then also I think it, it helps uh, further the narrative that uh, we should be questioning authority figures and which I think is a really important lesson to have in a teen movie because, you know, that's when you should be, like, thinking critically and being very aware of your surroundings and being very aware of the people who are in power, whether it be at school or your community. Like, I think it's a really good message not to be, like, you know, paranoid, but but to be, you know, observant. A little, a little suspicious. <laughs> Just a little suspicious. Um, but, yeah, so I really like that that kind of, like, how they inserted that that message in. I really liked the, uh, like, special effects and makeup for, like, a lot of the movie, especially the particular um, instance that I wrote down was uh, for uh, Cyrus with his, like, oh, eyes yeah. out and all of the kids' eyes out and stuff and his little, like, fucking thing when he's like... Yeah, that's was pretty like, gnarly. I was like, ooh! Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it, I don't think, because I knew that, like, he there was definitely something wrong with him. You could definitely tell. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he was going to full-on, like, go on a killing spree right away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I, I, I appreciate their choice of, like, not showing it oh, this yeah. time around. Because, like, once we saw that the kids were dead, like, we kind of put it together, like, oh, shit, it's like, you know, the thing that's been happening in the past two movies... But they were focusing on Sarah and, like, her struggles, Sarah and Hannah. And so they didn't actually show um, the pastor killing the kids, but, like, it all still made sense. Yeah. And it was still a cool reveal, I think. Yeah, there was a good, like, build-up to it and, like, suspicion and suspense and whatever of, mm-hmm. like, Solomon walking up in there, like, what the hell happened? Right. And then he, like, sees the kid's head and, like, the eyes and shit, and he's like, ooh! <laughs> yeah. A very small detail, but I kind of um, liked the fact that they brought back the old actors, mm-hmm. even though, like, not all of them really played main characters or even, like, speaking roles, but it gave me, like, Back to the Future vibes, because you know how they do that in Back to the Future? They use, like, the same actors to play young, to play old, so I kind of like that, just for that, that, that detail that it reminded me of, of Back to the Future. They, uh, in... Gave them, like, similar uh, parallel roles, even, mm-hmm. for some of them. Like you said, the, the two sisters. Yeah. Um, and then also, the in the first one, the football player, the, the jock guy, I think his name was Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I think, the same actor as Caleb, which is the one that was trying to hit on both of the Sarah and Hannah at the weird yeah. little party thing. Oh, right, right, right. And then he, like, turned on them and, like, said, mm-hmm. oh, I saw them with the devil or some shit, so... Right. He's playing a similar role of being an asshole. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I don't remember their names in this, but, uh, Kate and Simon, I think, 
Yeah. They were like friends of Sarah's. I think it was Lizzie and Isaac is the... Lizzie and Isaac, there you yeah. go. Yeah, they're friends of Sarah. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels there. Oh, um, I really liked the that they made the killers fight each other. That like it was not very long that they were fighting each other, but it was like maybe like I don't know, thirty seconds. But that yeah. was really cool. Mm -hmm. It was like what I imagine um, watching like I don't know all the big name horror movie <laughs> like main villains fighting each other. Or that something. would be cool. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, I know there's uh, Freddy vs. Jason, and I've seen, like, parts of it when I was, like, pretty young, but I don't remember them, really. I remember, like, the ending of the, one of them or something, but... Um, the last thing that I liked, which I kind of already talked about, but was the fact that everything was kind of tied up so well. Um, not in a way that was, like, too neat, but in a way that just kind of made sense for the story. Um, I, I mean, obviously there's a cliffhanger at the end which yeah. I'm curious to know where that's going to go. But mm -hmm. I feel like even if they, for whatever reason, don't decide to continue the story with these same characters, that this is, like, a good ending for these characters, you know? I, if anything, I think it would make more sense to continue the story with different characters or, like, maybe, like, one character from this series who, like, helps them out and kind of in the same way that Ziggy helped out, like, uh, I was going to call her Sarah, not Sarah, Dina and Sam. So... So yeah, I think I think it's cool. I think like um obviously Arlstein is a, like his books are classic and I think it's a really cool way to kind of introduce a new generation to his work and uh the stuff that he's written, you know, obviously created into movies and stuff like that. But So, what did you not like about this movie? I'm going to say uh, it's a small, small thing, but, like, how they were trying to tie up ends, like, the very end of the movie, I thought was a little cheesy with, uh, bringing up the internet girl, um, Josh's mm -hmm. internet girl, Mistress of the Dark, or whatever her yeah. handle was, I was like, yeah. eh, okay, and then, like, they tried to make, uh, like, uh, like, have some sort of an ending for Martin. I mean, it felt kind of forced. There was just, like, that one random scene. His whole character in general, I feel like they could have given him a little more yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess he didn't have very much screen time in the first. Right. And he, I don't think he was in the second one at all. And then the third, he had a little bit of... He had... I think his character had potential to, like, somehow become part of like their friend group or something like that mm -hmm. or maybe if he would have helped them like the first time around like when Simon and Kate died like if he would have helped them then um then maybe he would have had a chance to become a little bit like more developed mm -hmm. but I agree with you I think he was funny and he was good comic relief in this last movie so I feel like he would have done the same thing for the other mm -hmm. the other one so so I, I did think that um some parts were a little bit slow Mm -hmm. and just a little bit boring, um, which is funny because it's the same problem that I had with the second movie was, like, some parts were just kind of, like, they just dragged on a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because of the way that they laid the story out in three parts. Maybe there was, uh, there were moments that were, like, a little bit filler-y. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, that is something that I noticed about this movie and the last movie it just kind of, there are certain things that dragged on a little bit too long that I wish they would have kind of 
sped up. They felt like, you know, they felt like filler. They felt like fluff. Like, it was just kind of like scenes that weren't so necessary. I totally agree. Um, I felt like because this this third part, it was actually kind of like two parts yeah. into one. Yeah. That switching back into the other timeline, it kind of made me like eh, about it but I, I know that they had to, they had to get back to the the to conclude everything yeah, yeah. so I, I understand they had to do it that way but I guess maybe it just wasn't as smooth as right. I would have wanted it and I thought that of the two parts that the the 1994 part two as it said in the movie um, was had parts that were boring at times mm-hmm. um, I feel like Specifically, they spent a lot of time in the mall, mm-hmm. not really doing anything, like doing the weird like setup stuff and like like doing more explaining of things that they had already mentioned a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is also like part of that that I feel like it because they spent so much time doing like weird random stuff that it didn't make sense that the monsters didn't come to get them right away, that it took them so long until... I feel like they were, like, the monsters were just waiting outside, like, looking at their watches, waiting for the little montage and the, yeah. the little, you know, music budget to to play through, and then they're like, oh, now it's our time to go. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? In the first movie, they were, like, breaking down the doors, like, real quick, like, coming after them. I don't know. Yeah. So that that just didn't add up. That's a good point for me, and I was kind of just like waiting and waiting, like, oh, they're gonna come while they're in the middle of setting up, and they're not gonna finish setting up. Mm-hmm. But no, they're able to finish. It's like in Harry Potter, where it's like Voldemort only comes at the end of the book. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll let Harry oh, do his whole yeah. year of school, and I'll come during finals. Right. That's funny. I don't know. Something else too about this movie, and I think it's also true about the other two. Although I noticed it particularly in this movie, is that like most of their jump scares don't really seem to land. Like I hear it, I hear it, and I see it as a jump scare. Like that's what they're trying to execute, but it doesn't work. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if they were trying to keep them a little light since it's like a teen movie, but then again, they've also included tons of gore, so I don't really think that's it. Um, I think they're just poorly executed jump scares. Like, none of them got me. None of them got me at all. And I'm very easy to get when it comes to jump scares. So <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, like, I saw like I saw it. I was able to identify it as, you know, something that was supposed to be a jump scare, but didn't really work. Interesting. I don't even know if I registered that there was supposed to be jump scares because yeah. I, like, I'm trying to think of a single uh, instance of, like, something that could have been... Mm-hmm perceived as a jump scare yeah they were they were subtle they were subtle because they didn't work you know uh something that they did not explain throughout all the whole trilogy well i guess from from part two and part three they did not explain why ziggy had all of those clocks in her house i thought that they were going to explain that like why was she just paranoid that she thought that she was the monsters coming after her but they weren't actually or were, did she actually have problems with the monsters coming after her at some points, and then they just, like, stopped coming what after her? what the clocks have to do with that? I don't know. Uh, it seemed like she used it in, I think, in the second part. She used it um, 
to set up, like, different alarms. Like, I, one of them went off, and then she went and closed, like, her window and locked it. And, like, one of them oh. went off, and then she went and fed her dog. And then, mm-hmm. like, one of them went off, and she, I don't know, something else. So it seemed like she had the alarm set for, like, so she can keep doing specific things throughout the day. I don't know. I wonder if they were just trying to portray her as, like, disheveled and, like, traumatized. But they that did it so... in a really weird way. Yeah. I don't... I. Yeah. I don't know. I I kind of forgot about that because it was such a non, like, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, you know? Yeah. So I just disregarded it. But, yeah, that's a good point. They never really explained it or or anything like that. And another thing, too, that they didn't really explain is, like, for most of the movie, you're thinking it's Sarah that's sending these monsters after the people. Right. But then it's actually, like, Nick who's sending them after the people, and it's like, how does how do they how do they know? It's like because they got blood on Sarah's bones, mm-hmm. he knows and sends the monsters at them. Or does Sarah, is she knows that she's they got blood on her and she's sending the monsters after them? Like this shit doesn't add up, and like. How is she? How is she showing visions to people? She didn't do any book, uh, demon book, devil exchange I mean, of power. Like she's just like. I think. I mean, I agree with you as far as some of those inconsistencies, but I think we're meant to believe that she, she, um, I don't know. Just like her she made her pure, own curse. You know what I mean? Like by being so pissed. Yeah, like, her curse was towards Nick, and, like, I don't know if that tied into, like, what he was doing to the town or something, but, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how how that works. Yeah, I, I feel like if I were to watch the first movie again, that a lot of things wouldn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, which is kind of... Uh, right. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing that... What it is is that Nick was sending the monsters out, but then again, like, why would he do that? <laughs> to I feel like it would it would bring attention to Sarah Fear, which in turn would bring attention to him if the truth was discovered. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why, but maybe like after so long, Whatever he was doing, whatever kind of evil activity... Obviously, I'm just speculating. I'm just trying to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever he was doing as far as, like, evil activity goes extended into Sarah's curse and she was able to control the monsters or something. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't her controlling the monsters. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like when I was watching it, it made sense. But now that you're talking about it, I'm confused also. Yeah, because, like... Another thing, too, is, like, he he did, well, or not Nick, I guess, but his ancestors did did the curse mm-hmm. to make the, the weird little um, shape in the floor and the weird little f- fucking heart tunnel thing. Yeah. The weird organs. Mm-hmm. But then when Nick touches them, he gets the visions from Sarah. So yeah. it's like... Did, I don't know, like, she has control over that now, too? That if you touch that, you see her visions? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was something that was consistent from the beginning. Like, if you yeah. if you touched, like, 
like Sam saw because she she touched her corpse, right? Or she bled on it or something. Yeah, and, and then so, the second movie they touched the thing and and saw. But I'm just confused how 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 she relates to that. Like, how did she? Because she wasn't a witch. She didn't make any de- deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any like. She was just a normal ass chick. Yeah, normal ass lady. Like, I don't maybe because she was hanged like like a witch being accused of being a witch or something. Um, or like her sacrifice maybe for Sam not for or not for Sam for Hannah yeah I feel like that is the only thing that I could think would make sense in this context but yeah a little bit weird so I did think that I mean I already said it earlier but this movie really held back with the gore there's only really a few scenes that were gory which I kind of wish that there was more which is kind of weird for me to say because I don't really like gory scenes but at the same time they do make the movie, like, more exciting. Mm-hmm. Because then you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe because there were bits where I thought it was kind of boring, I kind of wish that there was more excitement in that sense. Interesting. Yeah. But that was the last thing that I didn't like. So, Danielle, what did you rate this movie? Well, I gave this movie a 7.9 out of 10... Uh, squirt guns full of magic blood, which is, I think, what, more or less what Martin said at one point when he was like, yeah, that's cool, we got our squirt guns full of magic blood, and then he, like, tries to use it, and he's, like, out. out, yeah, that's funny. What did you rate this movie? I rated this movie a 7.8 out of 10 pig (laughs) C-sections. Oh my goodness. I was like, ugh, yikes. But yeah. Very close to your rating, but yeah. Um, what did you rate the series as a whole? So I would say that the the whole trilogy in full, I give it a uh, 8.1 out of 10 because I feel like all of the individual parts had like some small flaws, but like all together is a really interesting story with um different storylines different you know just it, it was really interesting all together all together yeah. yeah yeah i agree with that um i'm giving it an 8 out of 10 um because it was it was enjoyable like there were certainly parts within the three movies that weren't as good as you know as i hoped that they would be but at the same time if i if i like step back and look at it as a whole I think it was a good story mm-hmm. with some plot holes, some question marks, some things left unanswered. But at the end of the day, it was, like, pretty entertaining um, and was, you know, I think overall it was just a good thing to have, kind of like I said already, Arl Stein reintroduced to uh, another generation through, like, something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's going to be it for today's episode. We hope you guys liked it. Um, let us know what you thought in the comments if you've seen the movie, if you've seen the trilogy, what were your favorite parts. So make sure to let us know. Um, if you have any comments or questions or movie suggestions, you can email us at danielleandpaula at gmail.com. And then also if you guys want to follow us on social media, we have Instagram. Our handle is Hysterified Podcast. And then we also have a Twitter, and our Twitter is Hysterified Pod. Um, sometimes we post 
polls or like sneak peeks of what we're working on or any updates if our episodes come out you know a little bit later in the week uh and then if you are using the apple podcast app uh go ahead and leave us a review and a rating that'd be greatly appreciated and uh thanks for watching and slash or listening yes thank you make sure to subscribe like this video comment down below <laughs> smash that like button <laughs> thank you guys we'll see you next time bye, bye.